283. I'm here with David and Lewis, and we have special guests, Simply Soccer, Michelle Hutik and Christian Conway, along with our special guest show, Joe Tutino. Christian, take this away. What inspired you to pursue broadcasting? And when you were kind of beginning that career, was that ever a thought that this was going to be my full-time career? Was, was there any other kind of options, or was it just... I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster, and, and, and that's what I wanted to do. No, I actually thought I was going to be a sports writer. In high school, I was the sports editor of the newspaper, uh, and so I thought I'd be going on to being a sports writer. But when I got out of high school, um, I, th- I think I've told this before, I wasn't very happy with the type of answers I was getting from San Diego State University, which I was looking at, and uh, San Diego City College, which had a very good journalism school at the time. And um, basically, I wanted a direct route and I wasn't interested in going into other classes and so forth to get to where I wanted to go. And so I was sitting at my parents' house and I saw a commercial for Columbia School of Broadcasting and they had a satellite campus in San Diego. And and I said, you know what? I think I can do broadcasting. I can be a sports broadcaster and I think I can be a news broadcaster. And at that time, there was no sports radio in Southern California, but I went down that road and uh, went to Columbia School of Broadcasting. And during that time, I was interning at the NBC affiliate in San Diego and and an all news station out of San Diego and also for uh, the indoor soccer team in San Diego because there was no outdoor at the time. San Diego Soccers and part of that internship, uh, they allowed me to do play by play into a tape deck, which was part of my I guess, curriculum with the, with the broadcast school. And, uh, and then I learned the basics of journalism being in a news, um, a newsroom format with the all news station that became the all sports station, the first sports station on the West coast and the first 24 hour sports station, uh, in the nation, which was extra sports 690. And, uh, I was in the right place at the right time. So my gamble paid off. I, I I'm, I am a San Diegan by birth, so uh, 690 is a very a very close radio station to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. Covering the soccer's, I, like back in in the time that you were covering, I mean, indoor soccer was was the thing. I mean, what was that like to just see a full sports arena and to experience that and to be the the, the voice of the soccer's? Well, I tell you, I, I graduated high school in 1988. So I was interning for the Soccers uh, 89 season and, and beyond that, of course, uh, it was the end of the indoor era, the great indoor era. I was, you know, when I was a kid, 10, 11, 12, 13, that era, the early 80s, that's when indoor soccer was really big. And that's when indoor soccer was probably neck and neck with hockey uh, in this country. Uh, but they, they made a mistake with their TV deal. And the NHL did not. And uh, that's history. But what I, you know, was really weird. You know, if you look back at it and you say, wow, you made that choice not knowing there would be an outdoor league and an indoor league that was failing. I did. But I was lucky. And I was, you know, I was always paying attention to what was going on in the industry. And I heard about WFAN in New York. And the thought process was that sports radio was the next big thing. And I wanted to be part of it, not knowing and not thinking that it would happen in my hometown. And and luckily, it happened with a very big station that broadcast throughout Southern California. And I got a lot of experience with the L.A. Kings being on our station and the UCLA Bruins being on our station and USC being on our station. And then uh, being the home of the Chargers and the home of the San Diego State Aztecs. So I had a lot going in my direction all at one time. And it was just fortunate to be there and being young and being able to uh, grow and then become, you know, a managerial type with the station as well as uh, cut my teeth on the air. How have you seen the growth of local broadcast teams over the years? And what is the biggest advancement you've experienced in the broadcast field? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in Major League Soccer, it's kind of it's kind of just treaded. Uh, it's gotten better. Uh, certainly the spectrum deal was huge, uh, not only for major league soccer, but for MLS, in my opinion, it's still the, as far as I know, still the the largest local, uh, rights deal, uh, for a major league soccer team ever. And I think it's going to continue that way. 
the business has changed to where rights fees are not really there. And that goes for the NFL, National Hockey League, uh, you name you name the sport. Uh, the business is not in the position now to where they can accumulate that money back or recover that money back because of the technology changes, because of apps and so forth. And and um, because of, you know, Sirius XM, where everybody, everybody's local broadcast is on there. And so that money is all diced up and therefore the rights fees are not there anymore. Um, so it's, it's an interesting time right now. I think we're in a fluid situation where things are, are moving around a lot. I mean, I think even on the World Cup, you know, sometimes they're on Big Fox and then I have to switch over to FS1 and, and that type of thing to go find things. And, you know, those of us that are cord cutters, and I think everybody on this call probably is, you know, it's a little different. From going to antenna, then then hitting your selector, and then oh, yeah. you know, coming through your TV to find mm-hmm. uh, to find where wherever you're going next. So it's kind of gone to a place where it was very convenient to now a place where it's it's a little odd, and and so you wonder you wonder how much patient the the fan or the consumer has and where where somebody's going to come up with a widget of some sort and say, no, 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 all your apps go here. And it's very easy to, to thumb them on through. That'll change at some point, too. That's that's been like the battle of every tech company, I feel like. And I feel like it's, it's going to get a little more convenient with Apple coming and, and mm-hmm. getting that deal. But at the same time, it's going to be very closed. You know, it's going to be there for the for the really diehard MLS people like us. Um, and then for the people that are, you know, you can't stumble on a game uh, with with Apple TV um, unless you're already in that um, in that that kind of environment. Um, I, I did hear something really interesting the other day about um, Bob Iger returning to Disney, and he was mentioning that um, his kids or his grandkids don't even understand what the concept of channels are anymore they're they're right. just all apps and and uh you know destinations and not really like uh surfing channel surfing or or anything like that so i do think that that part of it is is evolving and i, I have to i do have to say that with the world cup it's been for me it's been pretty fun to be able to load up you know the two different instances of telemundo deportes app or the fox app um, you know, on two different TVs and be able to watch two different games or whatever, especially in, in you know, and obviously in this third round um, of of games. So I feel like you know it's it, it's evolving and and we just kind of have to evolve with it. But oh yeah, um, absolutely, and it's going to get more and more convenient going forward. It's just right now, it's it's a uh, you have to you have to search for it and the and the program itself has to be so important that it bubbles up. Uh, and pushes through uh, in order to show itself. And that's and I think that's going to be the challenge for anything, not just soccer, but you name it. You're going to have to be excellent in order to grab everybody's attention or the core people's attention to want to go there because there are so many op- options that, you know, even if you, let's say, let's say you're a Netflix person, you know, there's so many options on Netflix that if you're not really good, you'll be lost in the weeds and nobody will ever touch you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's definitely a, a destination point. And I, but I do have to say that uh, turning on the Fox app, it was nice to hear Kobe's voice. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very comforting and familiar to hear Kobe's voice on some of those calls. And it made me go, oh, man, I wish Joe was doing some of the World Cup games. So uh, it, is. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say like, is there is there any game that you find yourself watching and in your head sort of doing the the play by play the way that you the way that you would if uh, if you were calling the game? No, when I, when I watch a game, I'm more analyzing it uh, in terms of how a team is playing, and it really really is the U.S. team that that I analyze a lot over you know how they can go about you know defending or winning or what they're trying to do at this at a, at a given moment. Um, but I watch it just like you guys do. Uh, to me, broadcasting the game when it's a galaxy match, it, it's, it's the everything. It's the whole environment for me that, uh, you know, being there being part of it, my whole routine, that's what it all, it's all about to sit at home and to, 
to broadcast the game in my mind. No, it's more of just sitting back and just seeing how the play develops and uh, and kind of go from there and 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 seeing if that was a good play or not a good play and that might have some of my uh, uh, I don't know my broadcast instincts in me. But other than that, it's 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 pretty much fandom. I like to watch a game by myself. I'm not big at watching games in groups and and uh, especially with uh, people around me because. Then I have to get into somebody else's analysis, and I'm and I and I'm thinking about the game at the time. <laughs> I, I I'm very similar in the sense that I do enjoy watching uh, games by myself. Uh, I mean, looking over your career, you've you've commented on mm. so many uh, incredible moments. You know, between you know indoor out uh, outdoor soccer, whatever. Is there a game that just sticks in the memory that just always you know is this like warm memory for you that you always remember? Uh, it's always the, the 2002 championship, the final, because it's the first one. Uh, but you know, I think all of us here probably follow galaxy history and every time he drops a game mm-hmm. down, then it's like, oh yeah, I remember that day. And I think uh, today dropped the 2012 championship, I believe is the anniversary of the 2012 championship today. I think so. And am I correct on that? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Galaxy beat uh, Houston three to one. Um, so to me, you know, then you start thinking about the day. To me, a lot of things happened to me in that regard. I think about the day, the prep, what was going on that day. Um, the weather is always something because I know the 2011 game was was misty throughout. And 2012, we almost had the same type of weather that day. And and so those are the things. And then, you know, for example, the 2012 game, uh, Kalen Carr scores, right, I, I believe, and gives a uh, – Houston, the one nothing lead and the galaxy have to come back to get that victory. Um, you know, those are the things that that pop into my head. And then then you start looking at some of the Rose Bowl games that come down. And I remember some of the regular season games. And and then I click on the audio and I realized that was actually my voice on the Carlos Hermosillo goal. And it's like, <laughs> oh, OK. And and stuff like that. I mean, I, I think a few years ago, somebody dropped um, the first Landon Donovan international goal for the U S and, uh, and then I realized that I was the one that made the call, um, when the United States played Mexico and it was bang back then, you know, it was a pay-per-view game in English. And, you know, we had a broadcast from the opposite side of the press box at, at the Coliseum because apparently there was no room for us in terms of broadcast booths. And so we did the game in a, in a camera well with, uh, Sprite bottles filed flying by our ears and uh, and then Landon scores his first international goal and you know you move on and then later somebody reminds you hey you made that call I said well I guess I did and you kind of go from there but but in terms of the galaxy it's always part of the family and uh, and you know it's no different than you know spending a Thanksgiving or a Christmas with family that's always they're always great and that and they don't necessarily stick out by themselves until somebody reminds you oh yeah well this is what we did this time this is what we did that time and then you and then you remember it wow that's that's very sprinkled nostalgia right there um but talking about the galaxy I mean I want to know uh moving to this new season what do you think should be the main improvement from last season moving into the next well, I think I think they're probably going to work on a winger. Um, I think that's probably one of the things they'll look at. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there about players coming into the league, and so if that's the case, then I guess they're going to be a player in that regard too, uh, from a, from big time players. And I'm not surprised. It's the LA Galaxy, and that's what they would do. Um, and that's part of the Galaxy history. Um, so. You know, I think defensively, you go across the back four. I think they're pretty good there. Um, they probably look at some depth on the left on the left back position, for sure. Um, you know, in terms of their forwards, I think they're happy with them. But then, then again, if you if you look at again the rumors that are out there, you never know um, what they may add and may not add. But but I think all in all, as as the Galaxy finish the season. And they didn't really reach the goal, which every year is reaching the final and winning. Um, 
you look at the team and say, okay, who can change the game off the bench? And yeah, uh, Dayon did with goals that he scored. But who can do it in midfield and who can close a game? And who, you know, those are the guys that I think they'll be looking at. And is that going to be a starting player or is that going to be really somebody coming in uh, um, and being a bench player? And we'll probably look at some bench players coming through Major League Soccer, I'm guessing, and, and players who can start coming from abroad because that's been the trend for the Galaxy. Okay, so sticking with uh, uh, the, the players on the Galaxy, uh, Chicharito officially wins Galaxy Player of the Year. Would you right. ag- agree with that or would you have someone else in mind for that award? No, for, for me, Chicha really led, led the way for the Galaxy this year. And, uh, and I really like the person and the player he is for the Galaxy. Um, I like guys who care. I like guys who, who who leave it all on the field. And I don't think there's there was a game this year, even going back to last year, where I thought he was he was not giving it all, his all. And um, and I appreciate that. And because I I know the consistency uh, that I'm going to get from that guy when I'm calling a game. And and there's no question about what he's going to bring. Um, it was hard for him to be the captain and the leader from the forward position when they needed more leadership uh, in midfield as well as in, on the back line. And they got that, you know, in that last transfer window, they got that. And um, now the question is, how can they build upon it? But but I like I like Cheech and uh, and I enjoy calling his games. Uh, so I, I I agree. I think Cheech probably uh, did deserve the uh, the player of the year. I know a lot of Galaxy fans, uh, especially on social media, was were saying it probably should have been Ricky Pooj since when he was brought on uh, to the mm-hmm. team. That's when the the Galaxy started making their their turnaround, had the best record in MLS um, the final two months of the season, and made that dark horse run uh, before um, it was abruptly ended. Um, okay. What are your thoughts on Ricky Pooj uh, with the Galaxy and, yeah, and what think, he'll bring in 2023? Uh, well, I think uh, Ricky could be that guy in 2023. Um, was he the piece of the puzzle that made everybody else better? Uh, maybe, perhaps. Uh, but I think, you know, I think he'd probably like that last game better back again. Um, but, you know, you look at it and you say, yeah, sure. I... I to me, though, the MVP of the Galaxy for 2022 would be Chicharito. I mean, 18 goals. Uh, that's a pretty good year. I mean, and, and if he had Ricky and if he had uh, Brugman, uh, we probably would have had plus 20. But that's not what the Galaxy was to start the season. In fact, for what, six months of the season, uh, it wasn't the Galaxy. That wasn't the Galaxy. And, and he kept on fighting, uh, Chicharito did, for this Galaxy team. Yeah. First off, I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of us for helping us understand how to pronounce Ricky Pooj in the first place, because oh, I think that was a big point of contention. Pronunciation guide. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but you know, what's funny is that the, the, the three of us with, with Elliot or House, I think Michelle and, and Christian as well, on, on, with Simply Soccer, we're all U.S. M&T fans. And so it's in our DNA to not like Chicharito. And right. um Yep, and he turned us around. Like the way he turned us around was pretty incredible. Um, I am. I, I do think that he's probably been um, maybe not the most the best player on the team, but he's certainly been the one that um, really fights for the crest. Um, <clears throat> whether that's you know something that's in, internal for him or or external as he's doing for the team, as he said when he first came over um, in 2020, that he you know he doesn't care if he scores zero goals as long as he's helping the team win. I think that, it, you know, I, I believed him in 2021 and 2022. So I look forward to having him in 2023. But looking forward, um, not only with the Galaxy and the players that may or may not come in in 2023, I also want to think about who's coming in through the, the pipeline. And um, knowing now that uh, Galaxy 2 will be playing in MLS Next, um, how do you think that's going to compare in terms of level of competition to USL? And do you think that's going to be a better or, or, or more stunted pipeline? <clears throat> because we already saw 
that the jump from USL to MLS is is sometimes too big for some sure. of those uh, those kids, and and so I feel like I, my personal personally, I think that MLS next might be taking it a step back because I'm, it kind of reminds me of the old reserve league. Well, I I don't know what MLS next pro looks like at the moment. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of them. My my impression just by hearing things, uh, it really is going to be a way to. Uh, speed up the academy players and get them ready to maybe take that step uh, to the next level. And eventually that's going to hopefully challenge uh, USL's championship uh, division. But from a Galaxy standpoint and the players that are on the USL team uh, that had a cup of coffee with the with the big club, I'm looking forward to them challenging and, and like I said, bubbling up. Uh, to make things difficult on Greg Vanny in terms of how he's putting his club together. Um, this year, I think, will be, for for all intents and purposes, probably the first real cycle for MLS Next with everybody joining in. And and I think we'll see. You know, I don't think anybody wants to give up talent. So whoever was on somebody else's two or reserve or whatever you want to call them uh, at, the, at the USL championship level, I doubt, I doubt those MLS teams are want to give up that on that talent if they think they can perform for them going forward. So I think we're going to see a big step forward for MLS Next Pro, and in that regard, you know, looking at the Galaxy's youth and coming through, uh, you know, there's guys that that I like. I mean, I wish Johnny Perez didn't get injured because I think Johnny Perez has a has a great future. Um, I know that uh, a lot of people are going to probably ask about Preston Judd. I think Preston Judd uh, ha- has a, an interesting way about him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Edson Buttle with this deceptive speed. Um, but I think also around the goal, I hate to say this because he's he's a few levels ahead of him right now, but Ricardo Pepe knows where the goal is, and Preston Judd does also. He has this penalty box awareness, this goal awareness to him. And, and I hope he can take that step. And there's a couple of things he, he has to do. Uh, first of all is, is be able to handle an MLS game. And the other thing he has to do is, in my opinion, um, stay away from yellow cards. And if he can do that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him what he can become. You know, Jalen Neal, another player who, you know, with the U.S. youth national teams, I, I think he's ready to take another step. What what that step is, I'm not sure yet, but I'm looking at it, and I think he's going to be an MLS player that can that can really help the Galaxy in the future. Marcus Verkranich, he's got some minutes in Phoenix. Um, you know, I'm looking to see what he can do for the Galaxy. And I know Liam Doyle retired, so maybe those guys will be the center back duo of the Galaxy MLS Next Pro team next year. So those are the guys I'm looking at right now that come to mind. Uh, Daniel Laguerre already proved himself as being an MLS player. Um, Adam Saldana coming back from that injury. I hope he can become the player that he was again. And I think now having a full offseason and back into that routine can help him a lot. And I know the Galaxy likes him. And uh, those are the guys right now that come to mind for me. Well, we know how the 2023 season is going to kick off for LA Galaxy. They're facing LAFC at the Rose Bowl, which is not neutral ground for us. We're, you know, that's where LA Galaxy got started. Um, So, yeah, of course, we want to know what your predictions are for that Rose Bowl game. And will you be attending? I hope so. I hope I'm attending. Uh, And I hope I'm uh, in the the same place I was before. Uh, But I don't know yet. And so we'll, we'll find out, I guess, all together. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the predictions are going to be. I mean, I'm hoping that they sell it out. I hope they do get 90000 for that game. I hope uh, it is a, a very festive game. I hope uh, it is a Galaxy home field. Um, and I hope whatever offseason changes this Galaxy team makes impress upon the L.A. community uh, once again. Um, of what what the galaxy means to Los Angeles and beyond, and Major League Soccer for that matter. Um, you know, I, I think I, right now it's it seems like it's so far down the road this game in late February that that I'm, I just haven't really thought about that. 
You know, I haven't thought about that. I think as we get closer, you'll you'll get uh, uh, nostalgic and emotional and, and about about certain things about the Rose Bowl. And and once, you know, if I do get there, uh, I'm sure I'll have a, a lot of good thoughts about it. But, um, you know, at this point, I think I think the Galaxy need to focus. And I think they are focusing on becoming a better team uh, and getting to the level of the teams that played at the Rose Bowl in terms of their dominance in the league and the level of what the Galaxy has been at Dignity Health Sports Park in terms of the, the dominance of the league. I think we all want to see that once again. And once that happens, um, which they are, I believe, very close to doing so, uh, then we'll feel a little bit more comfortable. At least I will. Yeah, definitely. Um, any fond memories from past Rose Bowl matches? Um, the opener, of course, and what that was. And I was the public address for that first game. Uh, I think times in the broadcast booth with my broadcast partner, Rick Davis, uh, were special. Uh, playoff game against Dallas. I believe I was 1999, uh, where the Galaxy took on uh, Ariel Grazia- Graziani and the and uh, the Dallas burn and that particular game, they, they came to me and they said, well, you know, you're not going to do the game with Rick. You're going to do the guy with the, with the Dallas broadcaster. And I said, well, no, we're not doing that. I said, uh, you know, Rick is, Rick is with me. And so we're going to do it uh, this way uh, because back then we did split broadcasts and, and they, they felt to save money. We would do it like this where we'd have both broadcasters in the booth. And I said, well, then Rick still needs to be part of it. And Rick was my, our sideline reporter that particular game. And so we, we did it that way. And so that one comes into my, my head. The first game with Luis Hernandez, when there was, I believe it was 41,000 people at that game. Um, the 4th of July games were always crazy uh, at the Rose Bowl, just because of the massive crowds that would show up. Uh, there was a playoff game against uh, the Metro Stars, if I remember correctly. It was very hot that day. It might have been 2001 where the Galaxy prevailed and got things done uh, in that particular game. Uh, you know, Kobe Jones's first goal uh, for the Galaxy, that, that certainly comes to mind. It's replayed a lot, and so it's embedded in my head. Um, Carlos Ruiz and what he was in the 2002 season. Those are, those are things that come to mind and, and some of the goals he scored and, and just, just how impressive he was. And uh, some of the younger players that were on those teams at the time that struggled with the galaxy, but had to go cut their teeth somewhere else and became great players in the league, like Brian Mullen and Brian Ching, um, those guys and, and, uh, and seeing, you know, Danny Califf come of age and, and unfortunately, the 2001 final that was in Columbus and in the in the cold there and how that turned out. So there's a lot of things, you know, again, moments that come to mind from the Rose Bowl days. Um, but no real I can't say, hey, this particular game, you know, until until I actually see it once again. Lewis. I must have put you guys to sleep. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> I actually thought my uh, my mic went out again. Um, okay, so I got one more question for you, Joe. And again, thank you for your time. It's really appreciated. Um, and I, I, I hate to bring this up, but unfortunately, I think there's some relevance to this. And mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, please correct me. But uh, LAFC are MLS champions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so obviously that got everybody's attention. Um, this is Greg Vanny's or it will be Greg Vanny's third year with the Galaxy. So a lot of, is expected of him now that he's going into his third year. With LAFC winning the title, does that up the ante and the pressure uh, for Greg Vanny to actually do something? Mm-hmm. And is it, in fact, MLS Cup or bust for the Galaxy in 2023? Um. I hate to say MLS Cup or bust because a lot of things happen in a long season. And what happens in the playoffs, uh, we still have, we don't even know what the playoff system is going to look like in, in Major League Soccer uh, in 2023. We've heard, we've heard a lot of rumors and potential changes. But let's say it stays the same as it's a knockout 
playoff. Let's say it's that. Uh, so a lot of things can happen. Uh, ask Philadelphia uh, in the final 90 seconds uh, of what they probably still think should be their championship, but it didn't turn out to be that way. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know that it's MLS Cup or bust. I don't get the feeling that it is. My feel is that everybody thinks that the Galaxy is ready to take another step, and that would be getting to the final. And then when you get to the final, then, hey, that's it's, it, it, it depends on whether it's your day or not uh, on the final. Uh, so that's, that's my feel. That's my gut feel on what's going on with the Galaxy organization. Um, it's, it's a lean-forward situation right now, I think, for the LA Galaxy, and they feel good about what they're doing at the moment. And, uh, and I think they believe that they're going to be able to build upon what they did in the summer. And if they do that, then there's no reason why this Galaxy team can't go the distance. Um, having said that, though, with this World Cup, with this new deal with Apple, with a lot of things that are going on with soccer in this country, uh, I think we're on the verge of some type of explosion with Major League Soccer and the LA Galaxy in 2023. I just get that feeling. Uh, thank you to the U.S. men's national team that's putting such a spotlight on the American players mm -hmm. and the American League mm -hmm. that, or the, I guess the American League, you can say that with Kent, the Canadian teams, of course, are also part of North America, of course. Um, that that I think we're, we're close to having some type of explosion. And I don't know exactly what that is, but but I feel that we're we're all ready to take another step and be a much better league in terms of quality of play and much more dynamic. Now, ready to take the baton and say, let's show you how to play this game. And I feel that's where we are now. Well, well, thank you, Joe. Thank you for taking the time and uh, talking to us. Uh, we've gone through our list of questions with you. I just wanted to let everybody know. Uh, do you guys have any extra questions for Joe before we let him go uh, that we haven't asked him yet? Uh, I, I I do want to step in here real quick and uh, okay, say go for it, Christian. Yeah, uh, thank you, Joe, for your time. Um, you, the history that you have you have written for the Galaxy is something that I I, I treasure uh, very deeply, um, and and I thank you for all the. Um, the, the memory lane moments we had in this call because I, uh, I, I am very grateful. And I know, uh, my colleague, Michelle, she and I really connected over the July 4th games and, and, and hearing you talk about how important they were, um, in, in your broadcast work, uh, really means a lot to us. Um, I, I guess what I would say is I'm going to ask kind of a little bit of a, a, a free throw question. That's a little out there. Um, who is your favorite galaxy player of all time? Mm. I, I have to say it's my broadcast partner, Kobe Jones. Aww. I have to say it's him because he's so great. Yeah, he's the, he's the face of Major League Soccer. If we're talking about 1.0s and 2.0s and whatever point oh we're going to be next, um, you know, I, people tend to. It's a weird thing. We have a lot of new historians in our game, and, and they tend to want to come in and throw dirt on the history of the game and, and then, and then create history as how they see it, as opposed to do the work. And maybe that's what's happening to journalism. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, listen, Colby and those guys, you know, we've told this story many times and I, and Kobe should be telling it and not me, but you know, where, where we came from in this league, in this sport and the reboot of professional soccer in this country, I mean, you talk about going back to the Rose Bowl, I think Kobe might tell you that, hey, look, Rose Bowl memory for them, and, and Dan Califf might tell you, and Steve and Kevin Hartman, excuse me, might say the same thing, is that, hey, they spent 15, 20 minutes clearing off the grass to make sure there was no glass on the grass before they would train. Uh, that's the type of start we had, um, you know, uh, for me, from the broadcast standpoint, we would you know, carry equipment, large equipment everywhere. And we would fly, we wouldn't fly direct, let alone charter. Uh, we would fly, you know, connectors and the cheapest possible flights and so forth. And sometimes you'd get to a, a city in terms of myself and, and man, we forgot to book your room. Uh, and oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we figure out, can you go to this motel or hotel for this night and then stay here the next night? So there's a lot of different things. A lot of different things that, that that come to mind for me, but 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 Kobe and those guys carried the carried the league, 
you know, remember Kobe transcended the sport. I mean, Kobe was on yes. Nickelodeon. He was on MTV. Um, you know, he transcended the sport before other guys that could play the game as well started to be able to come into that same space. Um, you know, there was a lot. There weren't Americans able to do that. Uh, Alexi Lawless had that spark, uh, but it really ended uh, right after the, the the 94 and then, you know, after 2002, it was on the back end of that for, for Alexi Lawless. And now he's he's rekindled that as a broadcaster and continues to to do well as the, let's say, the Howard Cosell of our sport uh, going forward. And I know I'm dating myself big time when I say Howard Cosell, but Alexi, <laughs> Alexi understands what I'm talking about. So so that's that's him as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there, there are a lot of great players that have had the honor to call. And that's because it's the L.A. Galaxy. And, uh, you know, we'll go to Zlatan and we'll go to Cheech and we we'll go to David Beckham and Robbie Keane and and all those players that have come in. Uh, that's an honor. But but ultimately, to me, I go back and and say, when I think of the LA Galaxy, I think of those dreadlocks, and I think of Kobe Jones, and I think of Kobe's runs, and I think of the goals he scored for the Galaxy, and those those are the things I think of when I when I think of the Galaxy. That's kind of same with me, Joe, because uh, I, I was just telling Michelle the other day. I go my main the my most prevalent recollection and memory of a Rose Bowl game was watching Kobe Jones go down the wing mm. incredibly fast and. Just stop on a dime and you see the entire uh, 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 opposing team just continue to shift and you just see him stop and freeze in time and everybody just go, whoa, that's literally my 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 favorite, favorite memory from the Rose Bowl games. Yeah. Maybe were you going to say something? Is that, is that no, the fact that what he went on to do with the U.S. national team and, and you know, he still doesn't get enough credit for that, still, in, uh, still being the, the, the most capped men's player in U.S. national team history? Um, you know, that thing. And, and, uh, I remember the 2002 season with the galaxy were in DC for a game and Rick and I were doing a game on television and, and the U S team had just come back from the world cup and Bruce arena, uh, had come into the booth and we had the opportunity and the honor to speak to him. And then after that, Kobe was on the phone with us as he had just got back into Southern California and we had a chance to speak to him and, and as the game is going on, and, and those are those are special moments. And and you know, like I said, uh, if if whatever how long my career remains, that that I'm the guy that's you know dusting off the history and 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 being that old guy saying, hey, listen, you're 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 wrong at this and you're wrong at that, then then that's it. That's my role. Get off my galaxy lawn. Yeah, <laughs> just don't. You know, it bothers me that young guys and come along and um, don't do enough uh, research to know what certain things are happening and where they should fit. And uh, and that's and that's a disrespect to the to the game, a disrespect to the league, and disrespect to the pillars of the of the the sport in this country that have carried it for so long. Joe, Joe, you're being very diplomatic in, in saying and not just saying LAFC fans, because really it's only LAFC fans that I've heard do have this revisionist history of, you know, oh, the Galaxy, <laughs> the Galaxy won all their championships. Those, there were only three Galaxy teams in the league. Most people still have Galaxy jerseys in their homes. I'm sure of it. Um, but it's not it's not them. I, and I don't have any issues with them. I mean, they're happy with their team. They want sure. So be it. It is what it is. And that's more pressure on our team to to get things going forward. Uh, but I'm talking about on the national level of, of guys picking moments and saying things and, and really speaking without a true knowledge of what did go down and, and who did what along the way. And, and that's disappointing because, you know, what that does is it watermarks a certain situation. And uh, and to me, that's that's just not fair. Uh, yeah. and it becomes biased and, and that's something that bothers me. Yeah. As, as, as far as I'm concerned, Kobe and, and guys of that era, even all the way up until, you know, when Pescadito came, mm-hmm. those are the guys that, that, that dug the roads, that dug the paths that eventually led to the roads that everybody gets to, to walk down now in MLS. And, and in, you know, I think, 
it's our jobs as fans, as historians, as, as uh, caretakers of the club to to pass that along, to pass that information along. I know my boys will be will will know about Kobe Jones and Mauricio and and Alexi Lalas even. Um, not only as a player, but as a GM for the Galaxy, sure. <laughs> uh, along with you know Landon and and Robbie Keane and 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 then even you know Zlatan and and Cheech. So it's <clears throat> it's 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 good to pass that information along. It's good that we have uh, people like you, Joe, that that are willing to you know say like, hey, these guys they deserve respect for sure. Um, well, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because maybe the, no. maybe the world has changed a bit because I don't know that. You know, t- let me pick another sport, the National Football League. Uh, you know, it, there's there's so many great players in the NFL that are forgotten uh, now. And uh, where when I first got into this league, uh, excuse me, into this uh, industry, uh, there was a there was a lot of caretaking of the history of the game. Whereas today, that's not really. You know, it's the here and the now. So maybe, maybe that's you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what it's all about—the here and the now. But, um, but I think we still have a lot of growing to do in our sport in this country. And 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 if we continue to go down the here and the now, we'll, we'll never we'll never have a foundation. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you uh, chose Kobe Jones. Uh, for me personally, um, the, the first World Cup I ever followed and cared about was 1994 uh my first soccer game i ever attended was actually the u.s versus columbia game at the rose bowl Mm -hmm. and um you know leading up to that world cup uh, my dad is colombian so we would watch uh colombia's qualifiers uh the united states didn't have any games on tv they didn't even have any games because they didn't have to qualify so i was very um unaware of any of their players minus one kobe jones I don't right. know how, but I followed Kobe Jones, and it wasn't until the World Cup started, and that's when I started learning about, you know, the Eric Winaldas and the Lalases and the Ramoses, um, and you know, once we uh, Kobe Jones became a, a member of the Galaxy, it was just almost like full circle for me. Like here's a you know the guy that I recognize in the United States, the guy that I followed, and now all of a sudden he's on my local team. It was almost like a dream come true. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it is something that you wouldn't have a here and now if it wasn't for players like that. So, you know, it's very important to acknowledge the past because you wouldn't have a future without it. Well, I, let's put it this way. We, it was so primitive in this country, uh, unfortunately, uh, that the first Gold Cup final, uh, friends of my, myself and, 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 the, and the soccer's PR guy, who's a friend of mine, we went over to the San Diego Soccer's equipment manager's house because he had an old-style satellite dish and was able to dial the game in, Galaxy 5, whatever the hell the channel was. And we watched the Gold Cup final that way because it wasn't broadcast anywhere. And, uh, and that's how we were able to watch it. And so, you know, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And new technology is propelling us that way, which is great. And, um, you know, I just hope we don't stub our toe and I hope we continue to grow. And, and we understand that we, we still have a lot, a lot of people to reach. And this World Cup is helping. Um, but, you know, one thing that we need to do better is be more efficient and take the, take the momentum that this World Cup is bringing and feed off of it and, and continue to push it forward as opposed to drafting off of it. I really hope so, Joe. I mean, I kind of felt that way for when uh, we had the World Cup in Russia, and it just didn't feel much of a boost after that. Well, no, we weren't even playing in that one. Right. Um, the, the World Cup before that, I'm sorry. South Africa, right? I think. Uh, no, I think you're talking about the one in 14. Was that in Brazil? Yeah. Oh, that was Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like that wouldn't boost much, too much. So I, maybe it'll boost a bit more after we have it here in the next one with Canada and Mexico. So... Hopefully. Well, I think what's happening now is that all the naysayers who say American soccer, nobody cares about soccer, and uh, and uh, we're seeing it. At least I'm seeing it on social media. Those people that actually speak up, that say, "Well, I've given soccer a chance," or you know, sports accountants that are now in fantasy fantasy sports these days, speaking up on Twitter and social media and saying, "Well, I don't get a zero zero draw on why that was so exciting." 
you know, they're getting pummeled on social media and, and getting backed into the corner <laughs> once again, as opposed to the soccer fan who was backed into the corner. I mean, when I was running 690 and 1090, I had to deal with a lot of my hosts, you know, saying, hey, what's this and what's that? And soccer will never make it. It's every four years that people take that uh, pe- people take notice. And so people like me would have to carry the water for the sport, uh, whether it was during the World Cup or during the regular season. And I don't I see that changing. I see that there is a. a there is a road and a freeway of sorts where there is both lanes going up and going down now. Whereas before, you know, soccer would be thrown into the corner and it would be over with and it'd be done with. And I think uh, in this particular World Cup, because of the players that are playing abroad, because of the MLS players that are playing important minutes and doing great things. And for example, you know, I had somebody ask me, well, how many MLS players are on this team right now? And I looked at them and I said, well, they're all MLS players. They're playing abroad now, but they all came through Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. And so people are starting to figure that out. And so that's where we are at the moment. Um, you know, one other thing that I think is is something very important for you guys to understand uh, in terms of demographics. So, for example... You know, a twenty-five fifty-four would be where you want to be, right? That's 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 the sweet spot where you want to be in terms of you know advertising and so forth. You know, Major League Baseball's biggest audience, demographic-wise, is fifty and above. Soccer's soccer's biggest audience is eighteen to thirty-four. So the oldest audience for soccer is the smallest pie in this country, whereas the mm. biggest audience for baseball is the oldest audience in this country. And they're only getting older. Those are the people that still buy the hard copy of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And so so that's what we're seeing right now. Is it happening fast enough? No, maybe not. But it's happening very fast. And... Um, and so that's that's the big change that's going to happen. You know, all those people that were telling us that soccer is boring and soccer is this and soccer is that. Well, they're all being quieted by the people that are getting excited about going in thousands and thousands and thousands of people to viewing parties and watch parties, whether it's at Hermosa Pier or whether it's at the, you know, uh, Power and Light District or let's see, in San Diego, I believe, at the Shell, they had thousands of people watching it at the concert outdoor concert um, uh, facility that they have on the bay. So you're, you're seeing that. And, and there's no MLS club in San Diego. So you're seeing that everywhere around this country. And when you see that demographic show up, men and women of that age group, it's very powerful. It's very, very powerful because we've never seen that in any sport in this country. Yeah, whether it's the National Hockey League, whether it's baseball, whether it's the NFL. I mean, there. You know, when I was running the sports station, we had things called NFL 101 for women that were put on by the NFL teams to teach them about the game. That doesn't happen in the sport of soccer. They're hand in hand with men and women uh, in the sport of soccer, and that's very powerful. That's a very powerful thing when it comes down to selling uh, for sponsorships and so forth. And that, and I think that's the next thing the sport of soccer has to be in this country is to be more aggressive and be willing to say, this is what we bring. This is what we, it's not soccer moms and it's not this and it's not that. It's not, it's not any stereotype whatsoever. What it is, is a big part of this country, a very large demographic in this country, a very young demographic in this country that's paving the way for the next 15, 20 years of this country. So you're going to want to be part of this league and this sport in this country, both on the men and on the women's side. Yeah, no, very much true. I mean, I could just tell you just my personal, I mean, I remember when I just first started get, being into the galaxy back in 96 in the beginning, I mean, soccer wasn't cool. Everybody would make right. fun of you if you were into soccer. Yeah. I mean, they'd be like, why are you watching that? And uh, And then now, you know, I've I've converted like 
six of my friends to be like hardcore galaxy fans that go down rabbit holes and watch the first games in the first early years on YouTube. It's, it's, it's kind of hilarious, but anyways, Joe, uh, thank you for t- uh, taking the time. We've had you for about an hour now. You've answered incredible questions and, and you've taken a lot of us down memory lane. Uh, I think there was a moment there that I was texting back with uh, David and Lewis. We were like, preach, raise hands, preach. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we enjoy the show with you. Thank you so much for joining us everybody say thank you guys uh, thank you thank guys. you thank you so much joe yeah it, you guys were thinking it was a, it's always a pleasure thank you joe uh i am i'm i'm one of the contingent that still buys the uh the hard paper and uh hard copy of the newspaper unfortunately but thank you so much well i mean like, like i said <laughs> it, it's not to say that it's not to say that your demo and my demo doesn't it's the predominant demo that does is aging no, I, I think that's why we're seeing such a shift in the business. Yeah, no, I, I was making I, I was making a joke at my own expense, but uh, thank you so much for your time. We <laughs> yeah, are my pleasure. Insanely grateful. Thanks again for thinking about me, and I wish you guys a Merry Christmas and, and a Happy New Year, and New and, Year. and hopefully you know um, somebody will shine up down upon me, and I'll still be with you guys. Oh, I hope so. I mean, we're not going to let. Well, personally, we're going to still keep badgering you, no matter what. Yeah, so, we're, we're not letting you go. Uh, so, so, so we're not. We have a you voice go. on Simply Soccer and Elias our house for sure. Well, I hope. I hope so. But, yeah, well, we thank gotta, you, Joe, for gotta everything. Get, uh, we we got to get both of our shows into the uh, the next year's uh, Galaxy uh, uh, Spotify Wrapped. Uh-huh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Most overlooked. Anyways. Yeah. Well. All right, Joe. Well, thank you. All right, guys. Thank you, Joe. Bye. Thanks. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to LA Is Our House. Make sure you check out our website, laisourhouse.com, where you can find all our social sites. Also, listen in to Balls In Beers, our weekly MLS prediction show, where you can find on iTunes and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. 